Welcome to San Diego. I think I like San Diego. That's why I keep coming back here. If you've never been to San Diego, you should come. It's a nice place, good weather, beach, Alice Cafe. I'm back. And uh, today I'm gonna to be talking to Kim. Kim Biddle. And I don't even know if that's how you say her last name, but I don't think she'll, she's not here yet. So Kim Biddle, that's what we're gonna call you. And I met Kim 10 years ago at Triple X Church, a booth in Las Vegas. She came and joined our team just for a weekend. And now she's gone on to uh, run an organization called Saving Innocence, dealing with human trafficking and just uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, she lives right down the street from me, but somehow we're in San Diego, of all places, talking today here on the open videos. So join us. Kim, tell me, tell me about yourself, just a little bit more about who you are. Who am I? That's an interesting and broad question. Uh, <laughs> well, I was raised in Orange County, California, um, and became very passionate about international poverty-related justice issues probably when I was like 17. I uh, started doing a lot of international work when I was about 19, and that led me to um, really become aware of uh, major issues like HIV AIDS, and, uh, and then in 2003, I uh, saw human trafficking for the first time in Thailand and Cambodia, was doing some work uh, with Saddleback Church alongside the International Justice Mission. And really, they took us through this sort of tour of child sex trafficking as it looks in, in Cambodia, in Spaypok, and different areas that were specific for exploiting uh, little, little kids. And that experience forever changed my world. And I knew I needed to just dive in and yeah. see what I could do. So I met you, last time I saw you was probably 2004, at a porn show in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> for Triple X Church. Yeah. What, what, what was that interest in just you yeah. coming for the weekend? I remember we were new. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I was like good friends with Mike, who was, you know, yeah. working with you at the time. And he uh, and I had talked about, you know, just my passion for the girls, you know, the girls involved with sex industry in general, and this was right, that was the porn show that we launched, Jesus Loves Porn Stars. Yeah. Um, so I was just excited to get in there, and you know, I'm, that's just my personality, I love to just <laughs> get yeah. it, throw yourself in the trenches, kind of, and, yeah. um, and see what it's like, and that, that was a very profound experience for me, actually. Um, not only from talking to the girls, but talking to the men, um, who just like gauging like, who are these guys that are coming to these conventions, and you know, of course, all of them, even though we were in like, t-shirts yeah. and jeans like all of them assumed that we were porn stars and yeah. sort of were talking to us in that way and you know it was, it was fascinating it's fascinating to see sort of the heart and the mindset behind that yeah so that you know, shortly after kind of your world came crashing down which you probably <laughs> never would have expected those worlds colliding you were so close to it with you know being involved with us and doing that and then seeing this firsthand yeah you know in a relationship that that you were involved in yeah um yeah um, you know, I was at the time in a relationship with someone who, when I entered the relationship, um, you know, according to him, he, you know, struggled with every man's battle of yeah. once in a while, like struggling with porn popping up on the, on the screen and having to resist that or whatever. So, you know, he really termed it as every man's struggle and he, you know, worked his hardest to keep that under control, maintain that. Um, but for him, that spiraled. And it, for him, it turned from struggling with porn to porn addiction to uh, needing more, just like any drug. Like, 
after a while that you need you need more to, for that high, for that adrenaline rush, for that excitement. And so it turned into viewing rooms. It turned into massage parlors with happy endings, um, and then more, <laughs> and and eventually to hiring prostitutes yeah. on the street and around the country. Um, yeah. yeah. But knowing that, you know, and that just severe severity of this, you know, losing that relationship, and you know, most people would then go, okay, I'm going to do something completely else with my life. And now, I mean. For the last 10 years, you've continued to yeah. <laughs> be involved, you know, now with sex trafficking and, and yeah. I want to know more about saving innocence, but just, yeah. I guess personally, have you had those days where you just go do, I'll just, you know, I'll come work at Alice Cafe here, you know, or just do for something. For real, yeah, for you know, sure. Really I like, yeah, I'm like, I want to be a barista. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah something just else. Like, check out. But, you know, that's not my personality and once I know something, you know, it's like, whatever, like the matrix, you know, once you take the green pill, it's like, okay, like I can try to go back to living in the matrix, you know, but I know all this now and what am I gonna do about it? So give me the snapshot of just, if people don't know exactly kind of that. Beyond trafficking, what what exactly, kind of where's the sweet spot, I think for your organization and what what you guys actually do? What we do. So, uh, Saving Innocence is based in Hollywood, California, and we do rescue and restoration services for child victims of sex trafficking. So we are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, with law enforcement partners, FBI, Homeland Security, and anytime there's a child that is uncovered um, or rescued, we're on the front lines, we're on street level, we help with investigations, and then we do long-term case management and intensive services. So everything from providing basic needs like you know, taking them to the hospital and providing them with clothing and food and, and, and arranging shelter or connecting them with, uh, you know, uh, foster homes or that sort of thing um, to really walking with them uh, long term to help them begin to dream again, believe in themselves again, help their identity form in the trueness of itself and achieve whatever dreams they had. A lot of the kids that we work with were also sexually exploited prior to that in the sense of either sex abuse or um, you know, various things. The average age of entry into the sex industry in the United States is 12. So, you know, as we're even talking about or thinking about girls in the porn industry, girls in strip clubs, like all these sort of culturally accepted uh, industries, the sex industry, prostitution, you know, age old profession, right? You know, well, we also have to consider what we believe when we think of children, when we think of innocence, when we think of how healthy our society is. So I always get asked, yeah, you know, like we, you've seen what we do, and so I, I think we concentrate on the legal side of the sex industry, whether that's totally. strip clubs, whether that's you know um, the brothels in Las Vegas, or whether that's yeah. the porn shows. Like, yeah. um, so Christians, how oh, did you rescue anyone this weekend? And you know, it's like we haven't rescued anyone because most of the women we deal with and men, it's like they've. They haven't been trafficked. They've been, you know, they're legal, they're of of age, and they've chosen to do this. I don't think most of them have wanted, they didn't dream of this as a child, but they're in this. And, you know, what you're dealing about is illegal. It's, I think everyone watching would go, okay, like, I agree with, like, this is wrong. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I guess, so where do the lines connect? Because I guess here's legal and, um, Here's illegal. Even friends in the porn industry would would way be supportive of what you're doing because totally. Oh, yeah. But do the lines intersect? Do you think Even at all? Hugh Hefner is like a you know 
gives a lot of money to help with trafficking issues. Yeah, because it's, you know, and so that's why I think in the church especially, it's like, you're a lot easier to talk about than we are because that's awful what's happening and this is happening yeah. in a lot of marriages you know and relationships inside the yeah. church so it's it's more personal like yeah but do you think have you seen in your work this intersection of oh, the yeah. two yeah i mean they intersect 100 percent of the time i think that um not only just practically 100 percent of our girls who have been trafficked have also been exploited through child pornography um advertise online through you know or uh, websites like craigslist or others but i which i won't advertise you know um but you know 100 percent of them have had nude pictures or videos taken of them um it it, it's it's fed in the same industries industries cross over but it's really like if you break it down it's it's the same it's the same root and that that root if you break it all down uh is the dehumanization of people so i mean most of the women i've met in the industry um would say they have a choice Mm -hmm. um to get into this. Once again, I don't think it's what they dreamed of, but yeah. they can get in and they can get out. Um, we've, um, and they're making money. Yeah. And so, you know, whereas like you're talking about kids that have no choice, they're not, you know, um, that's why it's like, I think most yeah. people would just draw the line and say, no, these yeah. are two separate worlds completely. And yeah. you know, they don't, they don't correlate, but yeah. Uh, but you know, a, a, a woman, um, uh, it's, I think it's as much as a woman who's 27, um, who has a, a choice uh, to be in a domestic violence relationship. Sure, it's, like, it's a gradual spiral um, of choices, just like with anything else, like little baby choices that all of a sudden we're over here and we're like, what, like, how did I get here, you know? Yeah. Same thing, um, but, but it's definitely a deterioration of, of the nature of who she is. Yeah. So how do people, you know, a lot of people might hear your story and go, man, I, I, I can never do that, or other people might go, um, hey, I want to be a part of that. I feel like yeah. a lot of people want to be a part of like the yeah. exact rescuing, you know, that. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, for you, people that want to get involved or, or know more, how would people, yeah. like what opportunities are there for, for totally. people? Totally, we need so much help. Yeah. <laughs> we need so much help. Savinginnocence.org. Um, you can go to our website and, and check us out. We're involved with a lot of things um, in the city and around the country. Um, we do trainings, you know, we, we invite people to be involved. Of course, financially, we are completely dependent on people just getting behind us, whether that's like monthly or like one-time donation, everything that we do is is dependent on that. Um, uh, and, you know, we also receive a various different things, like we have a, you know, a bunch of moms that make blankets for when we, you know, yeah. give to the kids. We um, just opened the Hope House, which is the first um, comprehensive rehabilitation center where we um, it's actually going to be an offsite FBA, FBI office. Um, we're really engaging all of our partners in the, in the help for our kids. And so there's a ton of stuff that's needed yeah. for that. And, you know, so there's a, a lot of ways to get behind us. Prayer yeah. is a big one. Yeah. Um, we really need that support. Uh, they're going to kick us out of here. So you got one shot, one question. Hmm. Hmm. That's as it. A, just one. As a man, what would you say to my girls? Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry doesn't do it. I mean, you don't. I don't have any words from a sense of just. Mm-hmm. I think letting him know. I mean, even that, it, there is hope, and it, it is. It, it sounds so. Not even right to say it's going to be okay because you know those words. 
but you want to present them with hope that this isn't who you are this isn't um, you know God's plan for you and there is there is a way out and there there is a way through it and I think that's what's so cool to see what you guys are doing you know because I mean you know you're not just talking and saying that you're providing that road for them and this work this uh, this is amazing and uh, but for me to to encounter them would just simply I I think say sorry it's amazing yeah I think that if there are a lot of men like you if we could raise up an army an army of men like you that say I will no longer dehumanize girls and women and I will fight to rehumanize them in my own heart and in our world that's what's going to change everything and that's what's going to save these kids lives and eradicate modern-day slavery yeah. for sure awesome well, thanks for so what you're doing and so good chatting with us here yeah. at Al's Cafe <laughs> so good so. thanks